Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. And welcome in, everyone. Another big week here on the Flats. A lot of good stuff going on at Georgia Tech. You've got the golf team picking up the ACC title er- earlier this week. We've got Georgia Tech baseball taking down UGA, uh, winning the season series. Georgia Tech softball celebrating their senior weekend as well uh, here at the end of April. But first things first, uh, joining us here in the first part of our From the Flats segment is head coach of the Georgia Tech football team, Jeff Collins, wrapping up week five of spring practice, getting set for spring game on Friday night. And, and coach, when it comes to Bobby Dodd under the lights uh, you've talked on and on about how special an atmosphere is that for you uh, how charged up are you to see Bobby Dodd under the lights for the first time in close to 15 years yes yeah, I'm, I'm excited I think this there's not a better venue uh, in college football than downtown Atlanta uh, under the lights on a Friday night or Saturday night or Thursday night whenever we get a chance to play in this special stadium and I'm really excited to, to see the great turnout uh, that we're going to have, and hopefully we get a get a ton of people in here for the game. So under the lights, uh, that's been the theme for Friday night. The theme all spring has been playing above the line. I know that's uh, terminology you guys have used for a while now, but one more time, just what what does that mean? Yeah, so we don't have a depth chart around here. Um, it's either you're above the line or you're not, and if you're above the line, you're going to play. And if you're not above the line, you're still getting room to develop, and there's parts of your game you still need to work on. And uh, so we've got a bunch of guys competing in every single phase, special teams, offense, defense. Um, But the first priority for us is special teams, and you've got to be a player on special teams before you get above the line offensively or defensively. And uh, so that's been the theme. Um, And I think we're giving out ATL T-shirts to the first uh, 2,000 students that come to the game. And we're actually giving them to our players Thursday night just to reemphasize that everything that we do in this program is working to be above the line. And you guys got a giveaway for general fans as well, right, with the, uh, with the 404 wristbands, yeah, right? Wearing one right here. It's good look. And so I think that's the first 5,000 <laughs> fans uh, get that. So it's pretty cool. So, again, a 729 start on Friday night. Coach, over the last five weeks, I mean, you mentioned the three phases. Has there been one position group, not necessarily one player, but one position group that has stood out to you with their improvement over these five yeah, weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody in the organization has gotten better. Um, even you talk about through January uh, has gotten better um, incrementally throughout the whole process. Um, but I think two of the positions that really stand out to me um, are the offensive line. Um, Coach Brent Key has done an amazing job developing that group. And, uh, you know, they've really uh, transitioned from being, you know, an offensive line that predominantly has 60% of the weight on their front hand and uh, to now being 60% on their instep. So just the physiological changes, fundamentals, the techniques, uh, and the vast amount of schemes that we have, um, you know, that are so different from, you know, what's been here for the last 11 years has done a great job with that unit um, in the receiving core. Um, I know they were very excited about the number of balls that are being put in the air <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, but I think Coach Dixon has done a great job. There's actually some very talented receivers um, that every single day are um, you know, showing that we can be a really good spread NFL uh, pro-style offense and spin the ball all over the place. One of the things you guys have been working on uh, this last week here is your end-of-game scenarios, your overtime scenarios. What, what have you seen from that portion? Yeah, so the big thing, situational football is a big deal to us because um, every single, you know, within every drive, there's going to be a different situation that pops up. Um, and just the, it, the guys embracing, understanding the situations, 
and incrementally improving um, on the knowledge and the application of the principles that we have in those scenarios. Um, they've done a really good job with it. And then this week, it's you know all the specialty things um, that'll be more in season, but we're gonna go ahead um, and teach those to them this last week uh, so they're ready for the season. Speaking of those situations, can, can you share with us the format for Friday night scrimmage? I mean, you guys are going to be in you know fourth down situations, any 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 uh, field goals, yeah, punts, so that there, type of stuff. There will be zero kicking in the spring game. Now we are blessed to have some really good kickers, and I think we've got arguably uh, one of the best punters in the game, um, Presley Harvin. But uh, you know they will get their time to shine in between series. Um, but every single fourth down, our offensive coaches are going for it. Um, every time we score a touchdown, we're going for two. Um, so the kicking will be off action um, in between series just for fun so they can show off their legs. Um, but, you know, hopefully this is a um, pretty high-scoring affair. And if they don't get the first down on four downs, we're going to turn it around and play. It could even be a short field that the other offense is getting to work from. What's the thinking behind eliminating, you know, a punt or, or a field goal in the fourth down situation? Is that, is that cultural or is that something we're going to see in the fall? No, I mean, I think we had uh, last season uh, at the ple- at our previous spot, we uh, led the country in the number of attempted uh, fake field goals and fake uh, punts, and uh, we're su- successful in a high majority of them. And uh, so it's just a mentality, but also in a spring game, it's – for the fans and for the recruits and an exciting atmosphere. And uh, so we're going to try to, you know, just keep the offense out there and slow down the transitions that the kicking game entails and just put the ball down and play. Well, Coach, uh, thanks so much for your time. And and, and I want to wrap things up here with this. We're, we're coming to you live uh, from the – is it the GC5 office? GC5 is that, is that your office? GC5. Office, yeah. There is no Coach Collins' office. It's just GC5. Yeah, I think my Twitter handle's on the door too. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so, a good spot. Yeah. Well, I like the way you got it decked out. We're taking a look at uh, Grant Field, Bobby Don Stadium, just to our left. It looks ready to go, doesn't it? No doubt. It's a beautiful venue. And then we'll have the uh, 90-yard line will be painted in gold in the honor of Brandon Adams. Uh, so that's – you know, obviously every day Brandon is in our in our hearts, so um, just a little way to honor him um, and his memory and how relevant he is every day in our lives. Well, Coach, thanks so much for your time. Best Thank of luck you. Friday night, and we look forward to having a big crowd on hand at Bobby Dunn. Thank Down. you. Go Jackets. All right, we come back. We'll visit with head golf coach Bruce Hepler, fresh off his ACC championship. And we're now joined by golf head coach Bruce Hepler, fresh off another ACC championship, the 18th in program history, 13th under your watch uh, since joining Georgia Tech in the uh, late 90s. And, and coach, first and foremost, I saw you this morning out in the uh, plaza getting a picture of the plaza board with the uh, ACC championship uh, headline. Uh, how, how special was this past weekend for you? You know, you try to keep it to where the, what matters most is for the guys. And rather than those big numbers, it's the second one for Luke and Andy and Ty and Noah and uh, first one for Connor. Um, I'm happy for them. You know, you don't don't really do this for yourself, but um, you try to focus on things that matter. That's always been a goal here. Those are the folks you recruit against, and you want to have success against those schools. But I don't know we ever imagined 24 years ago <laughs> that we would catch up, but uh, I'm happy for the guys. We played really, really well. Coach, when it comes to this group of five specifically, we've talked all year about how this is going to be a team that wins one through five, not with one star at the top of the heap. Uh, but to get the performances from the likes of Connor Howe as well as Tyler Strafacci and all those other guys, what does that say about your aspirations in the postseason? 
uh, national postseason? Well, I think it's the, the, the best the five had played. I mean, obviously, the score at Clemson was crazy good. Um, but I felt, I think Connor counted every day. Um, you know, we, we have people who can play up front. It just hasn't been the same guy all the time. And this time it was Andy. And really for this semester, it's kind of been Andy. I think he's been low for us four out of five times. He's gone from playing fourth to tying for the lowest stroke average for the year on the team so far. So again, we've, you and I have talked over and over again. If you don't compete for the individual title, it's rare that you're ever gonna win as a team. And we've had that the last two times and you see what the results are. So I think going into postseason, uh, we're playing as well as we've played all year. Uh, Connor's now not really a freshman anymore. He's a bit of a sophomore. He's going to be 24 rounds of competition in. And the way he played at conference, you know, Noah has a bad day. There's an even par round. And then he plays really well and shoots four under. And then the last day in kind of the heat of the battle and with the tournament on the line, you know, he shoots another even par round that was about as easy as it could have been. So I, I think one through five, it's really, really solid. Um, I think it's as far as those three juniors, it's the best team they've been on. Um, I think they're confident. We'll be done with some Georgia Tech academics here pretty quick. And uh, I, I know they're excited to go see what they can do. As far as Andy Ogletree goes, I, you touched on it earlier. Do you think he's kind of embraced the idea of he can be the low man for you guys weekend in, weekend out? Uh, I, I think so. Um, Andy just had a shortcoming that he didn't spend a lot of time around the greens. And we talked about it every break since he was here. And he went home this winter and did something about it. And anybody who watched the tournament, um, what he did on the last three holes of uh, being short-sighted in a bunker with the tournament on the line. And I know he told me there was no sand in the bunker. He's playing with wind at his back off of a da- with a hole running away, and he almost made it. I'm standing there, and I thought six, eight feet was the best he could do. And he almost makes it. <laughs> and then on, on 17, he hit a wonderful shot, but it went a little too far. And, and I, you know, instead of just trying to get up and down, I think the mantra was, I can make this. And he almost did. Then he made the comebacker. And then on 18, no one, I got to chip this in to tie the guy, even, you know, and uh, almost made that. So you just, the, 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 I told him, you're, you're not hitting it better than you ever have since you got here. You're not doing anything any better than, than now around the greens. You clean some stuff up, you get some momentum, you know, you just go see what you can do. You mentioned Andy improving his putting, and that's something he kind of decided he wanted to work on over the, over the winter. As a coach, I mean, how much can you do to try and promote that? Or is that a case of a guy just recognizing and making the decision on his own to try and improve? I think a lot of them know where the shortfalls are, but it's like, you know what, I'm really good at this, and we all want to feel good. So for Andy to go practice and sit and hit drivers and four irons, I mean, it, it, it's like just juiced up. I mean, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. But to go over here and duff some balls in the bunker, three putt, and not, and, and not have success in those areas, and, and it's, it, we're, all, it, we're all like that. I'm going to go to a movie because I like to go to a movie, right? I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go dig any weeds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the first time I, you know, I went with him and I said, Andy, you can play after college, but not with the way it is. And I don't know if it took that much. Again, he had to go do the work. He was very fortunate. We were at the, out, on the, out at the Noonan, and putting had been a problem too a little bit. And Noah said something. Noah, Noah came out of his deal and felt like I could finally say something to a teammate. Gave him his own little putting lesson there and a drill. And from that moment on, um, things changed. And so it was a combination of a helpful teammate, somebody just kind of saying, I know you don't like to, but you're not playing after college if you don't. So go do it. And, and now he's elevated in, in this, the, this, his scoring average this semester. 
I don't have time to add up all those numbers, but I'll bet it's 68. Mm -hmm. And there you go. That's another example, anecdotally, of, of your program's culture. And another one coming up uh, later this week when uh, Stuart Sink receives the uh, uh, the John Wooden Award up at SunTrust Park. Uh, we'll step aside from the present team. What, what, what does that mean for you to see him be recognized amongst such an elite group of athletes? Well, I, I you know, I think he's received the, uh, the, 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 the award that the tour gives. Um, the Southern Company sponsors it last year. Um, Stewart is um, obviously he's dealt with a with a tragedy and his wife having cancer now for all these years. But Stewart Sink is as good a person as you'll ever ever run across. Generous to us, generous to other people, uh, a very faith based guy, and uh, and so these kind of things for him should happen all the time. So I'm looking forward to being there and uh, being part of that. Spent a little time with him on Monday at Eastlake. He was doing some stuff for us after he just played another round. And <laughs> Doug Hurts' his fundraiser for, for Camp Twin Lakes. And I'm sure Stewart does that stuff all the time. So uh, good guys. Sometimes good stuff comes to good guys. <laughs> well, lastly, Coach, uh, what are your plans for May 1st when the field gets announced? you guys going to get a dinner together? Or what are, what, are, what are the plans? You know, it's funny. We, we've never had a watch party. Really? Because... In some ways, the only yeah. question is where <laughs> we're going, yeah. and, and, that, and, and that needs to be taken in the right yes. context. Yeah. Um, just other stuff to do. <laughs> I've been told that they want me to be somewhere on a satellite on the on the show that Golf Channel's doing it, okay. and so I guess I'll figure out where that is Sounds and good. try not to, to look too stupid. But um, I don't think that's an arrogant thing, mm -hmm. but it was the mindset that we wanted to create when you got here 25 years ago, that you don't build, well, this is our year, or boy, now we're good. Yeah. If you can start every year with the premise that we're going to try to win the national championship, and there's a theory in, in, in education, and it's a really long word, and I don't know it, <laughs> but um, that if you just that that's the expectation. If you get anywhere near it, then you've had a really good year. So we've never just this is our year to win the ACCs. Every year is, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. But if your goals are that way and the mindset is that high. If you get anywhere near those two things, then usually people turn around and go, you know, you've done a really good job. Well, Coach, thanks so much for the time. And uh, with nothing else, I look for you on the satellite TV broadcast on May 1st. Thank you. I'll have my makeup on. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, that's Coach Bruce Adler celebrating a, another ACC title. When we come back, we'll visit with head coach Danny Hall, just picked up the season series win over Georgia and getting set for Clemson this weekend. This is from the Flats. 2-2. Two -two is lifted high and deep to right. Say so long. Chop house. Into the chop house. <laughs> Kyle McCann, a three-run slug. And we're now joined by head coach Danny Hall. A lot of momentum building here on the flats. You've already visited with Coach Collins getting spring game on Friday. Coach Hepler picking up the ACC championship. And, well, Coach, your team has won six consecutive ACC series and just took two of three on the season against uh, the arch-rival Georgia Bulldogs. What was the most impressive part of Tuesday night's win uh, to take that series at SunTrust Park for you? Well, I think uh, probably probably our pitching. Uh, you know, we started freshman in Court Rodig uh, with 18,000-plus people there uh, against your arch-rival, so you always worry about how he's going to handle uh, just his emotions in that start. And, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, he kind of managed the game early on for us. Then was impressed with just uh, the relief pitchers that came in. Micah Carpenter came in, got us kind of out of a jam. I thought Hugh Chapman threw the ball really well. And then the fact that we could get Tristan English in uh, for the last two innings, I think, just uh, gave us a really good chance to 
you know, win, win the game, win the series. Uh, and then our infielders, I thought our infielders made some great plays late in that game, uh, all of them. And, uh, you know, and that, uh, again, uh, just allowed us to keep that lead and win the game. Let's talk about specifically the third baseman, Jackson Webb. He's uh, hitting every game since taking over that third base job a couple weeks ago, a seven-game streak. For a guy like him who's hitting above 300 and playing lights-out defense, he began his career at Georgia Tech in 2016, transferred out, found some more playing time. Uh, did you anticipate he could have this type of impact in his second stint here on campus? Well, you know, he uh, <clears throat> he, he left here because uh, we, we were kind of honest with him, just felt like as a freshman that – he would have a hard time playing as a freshman, uh, and he wanted to play. So, to his credit, he went to a junior college and played. Uh, got a chance then to go to Central Florida, and then uh, had a little family health issue that kind of tugged at him and uh, brought him back to us. And we saw it in the fall. We felt like he could play uh, a lot of places defensively in our infield. Uh, he's a switch hitter, competitive kid, really good base runner. Uh, so he had to bide his time early on, uh, but you know he just kept working. He's one of our hardest workers. He's always uh, in that batting cage, hitting early. He uh, always wants extra ground balls, and uh, you know he's just played well. He's played himself into uh, to being our starter at third, and uh, has made some really really good plays for us there. And then offensively is contributing, kind of down in the bottom of our order, but. You know, he's getting his hits, he's bunting, he's stealing bases, putting a lot of pressure on the other team. And as a result, he's found himself uh, an everyday starter. He really embodies that grit attitude you guys have installed here in 2019. Another part of that is the amount of walks this team has drawn, already close to surpassing last year's total. It's still April. And over the last six games, you guys have drawn 51 walks. Is that something that just becomes infectious? Absolutely, and uh, and that's Coach Ramsey. I mean, we we do a drill every day uh, in the cages that you know kind of makes you make decisions on what's a strike and what's not a strike. And he's constantly uh, you know showing our guys uh, kind of some sprays on you know where they're making their outs, where they're getting their hits, where they're swinging and missing. Uh, and, and you know our key is if we can get guys to throw the ball in the strike zone and put it in areas where, you know, kind of these heat maps are showing that our guys hit it well. Not only were we getting hits, but we're not swinging at balls. And as a result, you're seeing that walk total go up. And those defensive shifts worked out especially well on Tuesday night. As far as the Clemson Tigers coming in, a longtime rival, a familiar foe. I see you've got the season stats in your hand here. <laughs> Uh, what do you see from Clemson, a team that has lost eight in a row prior to their win on Wednesday night, which snapped that losing streak? They've scuffled a little bit of late, but don't be fooled by that. They're uh, they're a good team. They're a talented team. Uh, you know they've hosted the last two years, so uh, as long as Clemson's in the ACC, <laughs> you're going to have to reckon with them to uh, to do well in our league. So. Uh, don't worry about you know how they've struggled. They're definitely capable of going on a hot streak just as well, and uh, so we'll have our hands full. You know they've got some older guys that uh, have played a lot for them, uh, and then they have some good arms uh, on that pitching staff. So you know we just got to kind of uh, you know I hate to say it, but worry about ourselves. Make sure we're ready to go and uh, ready to compete. You mentioned they've hosted the last two years. We'll wrap up with this. You guys in position to host and, and perhaps make a run at a, a national seed, but still over a month left in the season, the Memorial Day still a long ways away. 
Uh, what is the, the message and the discussion in the locker room right now when it comes to trying to make sure you guys keep that focus on tomorrow? Uh, just trying to get better, uh, you know, and, and take each game as it comes. So uh, we're not, we're, we're not, we haven't done anything yet. You know, we're in a good position, but we've got to uh, get better each day, finish strong, uh, continue to win series. And if we do that, we'll put ourselves in position not only in our league but nationally to, uh, you know, have a chance, as you said, uh, Memorial Day to do some great things. So, you know, that's the goal. It's a month away. Uh, but we just got to take care of the here and now and just keep getting better each day. Well, you guys have done a phenomenal job with that the last couple of months, Coach. Best of luck against the Tigers this weekend, and thanks for your time. Thank you, Wiley. All right, a lot in store here on the flat spring game Friday night. We've got Georgia Tech softball senior day this weekend, and, of course, the baseball team in town uh, taking on the Clemson Tigers. Thanks for joining us, and hope to see you out here on the flats. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune in to the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage. And subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.